0: Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Welcome to another great episode of Vitalnomics. Today, we're talking about the digital church and the opportunities the church has to leverage digital discipleship and outreach. And today's guest is Jeff Reed, founder of the Digital Church Network And Jeff Reed has been passionate about releasing people on digital mission and planting, multiplying digital churches. And this pursuit is mobilized through the Digital Church Network, which is an organic, decentralized network for digital and virtual expressions of the established church. And so Jeff also leads with Leadership Network in the digital and metaverse church development hubs called Next and works closely with our friends at Exponential. He's also an author author of two great resources, VR and the Metaverse Church, how God is moving in this virtual yet quite real reality, as well as sharing Jesus online, helping everyday believers become digital and metaverse missionaries. All that to say, what's up, Jeff Reed in the house. Welcome to the show. All right. And hey, that concludes the podcast. That was the
1: longest <laughs> intro I've ever heard. man. You used like all the words very well in that introduction. So so thanks, Gary, man. I really appreciate that. It's great uh, to be here.
0: Yeah, man. I, I am just so thankful for you and your passion because you have really been pushing this for a while. And to me, you're a breath of fresh air by bringing people together in the digital world in the church. And so I'm just so thankful for you.
1: Man, listen, it's it's been a lot of fun. There's lots of challenges. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into it, but definitely it's great to be here on this podcast, hanging out with my friend, Gary.
0: Yeah, man. And so I thought, you know, going back a couple of years, I thought I was the bomb when I got my first floppy disk. Like I remember that day clearly, you had to put your name on it and your grade. And I got my first floppy disk and then I was rocking out on like the Commodore 64. And then I got an upgrade oh, with the, the Tandy 1000. I thought I was on top of the world. And you, you think about that. And how far we've come in, you know, approximately 40 years, how stuff is just fast-tracked. And now we're talking about something I think is so important in today's time is digital discipleship and outreach, because this is something the church needs to leverage, I believe, for vitality, because many people are online. And so get us started, man. I, I just, how did you get started with this?
1: Yeah, man, that, that that's a great question. So the year was 1992. Nice. I was owning an Apple II GS <laughs> Graphics and Sound computer at the time. And with that computer became also came a subscription to Apple Plus magazine. Oh, right. And as a as a as a high school freshman, 1992, I read the word multimedia in an, in the magazine. And it talked about the com- the combining of text and photos and video and graphics all into like this one format, multimedia, and how that was going to be distributed across this network <laughs> called the internet. And, and and as a high school freshman, 1992, I said, man, this is going to revolutionize the church. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I dedicated my life as a high school freshman to the idea of digital without even really understanding what digital yeah. was. I just saw potential for what it can be. So I got a degree in radio, TV, film. 1995, the college that I went to taught me how to edit uh, the audio. And, and to, to learn how to edit audio at a university 1995, they made me buy razor blades <laughs> and actually taught me how to slice the tape on an angle <laughs> so that the transition and how to, how to like splice it together with, with tape. It was crazy. This is what they were teaching at the time. I, uh, vid- video, um, non-linear video editing, like on Adobe Premiere, which is all the rage now, yeah. I had to buy my own version because the college would not teach it. They didn't have the access to that stuff, even in like 96, 97. And now... Now my daughter is is editing video on her iPhone. My son <laughs> is writing video games for homework. And uh, man, they are just taking the world, world by storm. And so I tried to get a job as a digital pastor in the year 2000 and, and honestly was shocked when no church would hire me to pastor people digitally in, in, right after Y2K. And, and so yeah. I, I started my own company, eBeliever.com. We had an online community of about 40,000 people um, in, in the year 2000, huge, huge following here in America, huge in Russia. I don't, I never really understood how we got so big in Russia, but doing online Bible study, some of the earliest video teaching files were, were us, uh, even like decades ago. And so, man, like I, I was maybe a little before my time, you know, maybe before it was cool, I was kind of doing this <laughs> stuff, but it's been a lot of fun seeing, uh, the church respond, yeah. uh, you know, and, and thankful, you know, I should say, I, I, I hesitate to even say what I was about to say, but Thankfully COVID really opened a lot of eyes yeah. for what digital can be. Many churches don't un- don't get it. I get it. Yeah. But it's so much fun working with those that do and really seeing this new wave of ministry opportunity here uh utilizing digital and metaverse stuff. No,
0: 1992. Man, I was just walking, I was graduating high school in 92 and crazy stuff so a friend of ours that used to play keyboard in our band he actually got hired in IBM right out of high school because this dude was building like motherboards for computers and a couple years later he comes back and we haven't seen him and he comes back he's like I want to introduce to you the laptop and I'm like whoa and I remember watching an Aerosmith video that was like my first concept of like watching I guess a video on a computer screen and I just think about how far we've come, man. Now we carry around screens all the time. It's uh, it's like, yeah. it's mind
1: blowing. So, so talk about like what is what is digital church? Yeah. So, man, listen. <laughs> there's a lot of words right there. <laughs> Pre-COVID, uh, I started doing some research. I, in 2018, I started the Church Digital, this company that was aimed to help churches better understand digital. I have former digital pastor, former production, creative yeah. communications. I really felt God leading me to walk away from uh, the physical church and really start to champion more of what can be done digitally. And, and even when I left in, in 2018, it was more of this idea of helping physical churches go, go digital. Mm. But it's interesting, the more that I got into the idea of, of this, exploring what physical churches were doing and what digital can be, the more I started getting exposed to digital expressions of church, churches that exist without a footprint now these this is like dj soto virtual reality church he's been doing you know vr church six or seven years angela craig was doing pursuit church live a church pre-covid that was reaching tens of thousands of people Mm. around the planet globally uh that would she had a thousand small groups that were active uh digitally she was launching micro locations all around the planet 51 percent of her audience was outside of the united states and everything was based off of facebook It was this this incredible model of you mentioning digital discipleship of people that were utilizing digital technology to start to almost like a a micro church movement, disciple people uh, and then allow them the opportunity to disciple others. Mm. And it was interesting. We started to even see churches be birthed out of this. It's like a DMM, a disciple making movement that grows into a a CPM, a church planting Mm. movement. And we were just started seeing this explode uh, the more that we got into COVID and, and, and beyond, like it's this beautiful model of a phys- of a church that exists really without the physical building. They're yeah. they're mapping a biblical ecclesiology upon the the technology that that's there, and they're utilizing tools like a virtual reality. They're utilizing tools like Facebook groups or 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 mobile apps. Or there, there's a micro church network that operates in Zoom. Like Zoom is the community within a microchurch network and video games or churches that exist literally within video games or <laughs> Twitch. And, and it's like, I can geek out on all this stuff and can get into it. But it's this idea of churches that are operating without the overhead of that building.
0: Yeah. Like talk about that because like no building at all. I mean, for some pastors that's like a what, you know, how in the world can you be a church without a building? We've been so conditioned to have a building. Like how does that even work?
1: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. If you uh, if you ask people, "Hey, pastor, what is the church?" No one will ever <laughs> say it's the building. Everybody will always say it, it's it's the people. All like right. even the old nursery rhyme, "Oh, here are the you open the door, here are the <laughs> church, here's the people, open the doors, where are the people." Like it, it's 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 not about the the building. Yet we all have this this yeah. at least especially at least here in the in the in the West we have this yes ingrained tendency of it's all about the the building. We need that building to, to validate our ministry. We need our building to be able to do midweek. We need that building to, to do this. And, and so we're tied to these massive uh mortgages and 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 different things. And now we're paying staff to keep up with the building. And listen, I love the building. I, yeah. I, I tend I attend a, a church. Actually, the church that I attend is a Church Plant, we don't we don't have a building. We meet in a movie theater. But I love church buildings. But there's an opportunity to reach people that won't go into the buildings. Yeah. And, and and you know, we're we're seeing through digital churches. Uh, stories. We're, we're we're meeting people that that haven't set foot in a building in over a decade. Like I can tell you stories of of atheists and agnostics mm. that are finding Christ in in virtual reality, uh, Satanists and neo pagans that that are getting connected to Christ yeah. uh, via this digital technology. People that are sharing Jesus ten times more in Facebook than they ever did in their entire life combined. Like there's these incredible rich stories. people that are finding purpose, missional purpose, spiritual purpose, utilizing the mission field of this technology. Mm. And and it's really, Pastor, it's not about, um, you know, challenging what's in the building. No one has ever said in the history of time, hey, you know what, I'm going to skip church this Sunday and instead I'm going to stay at home and I'm going to watch it in virtual reality. Nobody (laughs) nobody says that. Uh, Instead, what we're seeing is this opportunity to reach an entirely different type of person utilizing this technology and and the opportunities to really look at this digital community, these, these metaverse spaces Mm -hmm. as a, as a mission field that's just ripe for the
0: harvest. That's so good because as you know, I work with a lot with church revitalization. And so these churches aren't big. These churches tend to be a lot smaller in nature. And what I try to challenge them is to be a digital evangelist, you know, Look at yourself, not as a a person that pastors a building, but look at yourself as a digital evangelist. Like how many people can you reach online? Uh, Maybe speak into that a little bit for the person that's like, you know, I have 10 people showing up on the weekend. I'm in the middle of nowhere in Vermont, uh, but yet I want to reach my community. Like how how can I do that?
1: Yeah, I think there's an incredible opportunity for small churches. You know, some of the churches, even you're describing a revitalization. I think there's an incredible opportunity for them to do it digital. And and you know what? It has nothing to do with broadcasting your church service. Yeah. As as a matter of fact, you know, I'm, I'm 150 people. My 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 pastor, uh, Carlos Ouellette, planted a church down here in Miami, Florida. Like I said, we're meeting at in a theater. Maybe mm. uh, maybe 150. Yeah. Uh, we we don't broadcast our church services online. As a matter of fact, he's really adamant. He's like, I don't. I'm a digital guy, and my pastor's like, Jeff. <laughs> I'm not broadcasting <laughs> a church service online. I hope that's okay. And I'm like, No, no, no. It's fine. But let's do other stuff. Yeah. And, and so we we talk about. Like creating a, a digital missionary, helping people to share Jesus within these digital communities and represent Christ within social media instead of instead of spurring and, and, and hate and, yeah. and, and echoing a lot of the discourse that social media has become. Yeah. Instead, mirroring Christ in, in some of these situations. I, I just recently, Dave Ferguson from, you know, you mentioned yeah. Exponential. Yep. Dave Ferguson, a uh, friend uh, through uh, yeah. Exponential and Leadership Network and other things. Dave came up to me, you know, and said, Hey Jeff, um, I want you to write a book. I want you to take blessed practices. Dave's blessed practices. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want you to, I want you to map that out on, on digital space. Would you be interested in that? And so, rule number one, when Dave Ferguson says, Hey, Jeff, I want you to do anything, the answer is yes. That's right. And so I, I I wrote a book. Uh, you know, and so sharing Jesus Online is that, where we talk about um sharing Jesus, about representing Christ in digital communities, in these spaces, through social media, in virtual reality, and, and how we're, you know, with blessed, we're beginning with prayer, where yeah. we're listening to people first, where, okay, you can't eat together digitally, but you can <laughs> share experiences <laughs> yeah, together, yeah. you can walk around virtual reality, you can play games, you can build relationships, yep. utilizing this technology and social media, you can, you can serve people yeah. digitally, you can, yep. you can, uber eats them something you can connect with them there are ways to serve people in digital space use your imagination yeah and then you can share your jesus story with it and, and so it. we've we've really started to define what a what an individual a person in the pew what it means for them to be a digital missionary and, yeah. and pastor of a small 10 person church that that's being uh rejuvenated yeah that's your challenge yeah this is the opportunity not the Not to broadcast your sermon so that people will watch it online, (laughs) but to empower individuals within your church to be that light of Christ. And and if that means they come to your your physical church, great. If that means you've got a relationship with somebody online and you start to explore what discipleship looks like digitally, that's as good too. And and so it really is an opportunity to reimagine, to redefine what even church could look like. because. Maybe that physical building is actually a lid. It's a limiter to what your ministry can be. You just gotta move beyond the building and start to recognize maybe some new opportunities that God could be leading you.
0: No, that's that's so good. And you know, that's so encouraging because I think the the pastor that's listening, it's like, you know what, my, my church is done. It no, it's not. You still have the ability to still reach people, which is so good. Now, the internet, you know, as we know, it's like we have so much content. And we have this consumeristic mindset, like how can I get stuff for free? It's always a grab. It's it's constant. It's always online. Like so, how does the church overcome that? You kind of spoke into it a little yeah. bit. But how does the church overcome that?
1: Totally and completely. And, and this to me, this was actually the lesson of COVID. Yeah. Um, because you know, COVID, hundreds of thousands of churches jumped on digital as quick as possible, right? And, and they all jumped on the on the on the train of let's generate content. Yeah. You know, and you you had churches broadcasting their church services online you had churches doing the discipleship stuff in the morning like a morning devotional or bible study somebody doing this somebody doing that like it, it was was all about the content and we weren't seeing we weren't seeing the expanse digitally that I was expecting because you know hey it's it's hey let's lean into content let's lean into content. let's connect via the content Well, content um w- without a community well that's what people were looking for in COVID, right? Yeah. They they weren't looking for more content. They weren't right. looking for more noise. <laughs> right. They had that between Disney Plus and and, and Hulu and Netflix and blah blah right, blah. Right. What they were looking for was, was community, the opportunity to engage in, in dialogue. Mm. And, and so like it's it's content's necessary because it's the point to connect with someone, but without a community for them to connect to either physically or digitally, uh it's it's consumerism. We we use the term Uh, A standard is online to offline. The the Mm. gospel that we learn uh, in our online world, it has to influence our offline relationships. Otherwise, we're we're creating consumers. And Mm. so how do we utilize this content, not for consumerism purpose, to get action from people, to get discipleship from people in physical space? Community is a huge part of that. Community, though, has to be aimed at at disciple-making. It has to be aimed, or it's going to be pointless and meaningless. Right. It's going to be empty and hollow because you've got people gathered together in a community, but why? And, and mm. so discipleship digitally is crucial towards that, aimed at not only seeing people be spiritual in digital space, but seeing people be spiritual physically, mm. because it's not enough to be a half-hearted Christian that's that's only showing the fruits of the Spirit in in digital space. You got to be it as, as well. Don't just be hearers of the word, paraphrasing James here, don't just be (laughs) hearers of the word online and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, once again, paraphrasing, in the physical world. And and so we've got to be discipling people via community through uh, content that's created with the expectation of digital and physical.
0: That's good. I, I like that verse. That's the JRV version. We need to come out with a Bible, digital Bible, JRV, Jeff yeah, the Reed. The JRV version.
1: Jeff Reed version. <laughs>
0: so, uh, so
1: lightning may be striking in the next couple <laughs> seconds where I'm at here in Miami. So we'll we'll
0: we'll see what happens. Oh here. man. So it's interesting, and, and this is probably something I know you've come across, but when I talk to older people, they still like when you say internet to somebody who's maybe a boomer, they're thinking like Web 1.0. And then when you talk to like a Gen Z, they're like Web 3.0. And so maybe just kind of walk through with our listeners like what that is, because I know there's people in New England like they're thinking 1.0 and they think that's how the web is, but it's much more than that.
1: Yeah. So Web 1, you know, is your uh, information age, It's probably 1999 to 2005. This is when every book, every magazine, every company, every everything was creating websites and trying to digitize other information. Uh, Web One was the reason why I went to college 1995 to 1999 (laughs) and never checked a book out from the library. Everything (laughs) I did was online. So that is a huge uh, opportunity. We're grateful for that because it was really the the predecessor, really started us out where we are. But around 2005, you know, companies like MySpace uh, were seeing some success. Facebook was moving. From universities and starting to get into the public domain working with um you know people actual people instead of just college students and and there started becoming communities online Mm -hmm. and um you know that's what we see social media today become and uh, twitter was was a thing and it was interesting in 2005 everybody loved each other or at least didn't (laughs) hate each other with the intensity of a thousand suns yeah (laughs) and so like it was a very um healthy environment in in many contexts and well you know, 17, 18 years later, from 2005, you know, so some things have changed. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, there's a lot of hate in the world, but just because it's that way doesn't mean it has to be. Yeah. And what does it look like for us as Christians? Maybe redeem some of that digital community and start to reengage in some of those spaces that we've really turned away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that now that brings into and social media really went from 2005 Web 2, 2005 to maybe I don't know 2018, maybe 2019. And it's still prevalent. It's still active today. But what we really are starting to see now is like the, the metaverse, the mm. age of experiences. And this is what's commonly referred to as Web3. And, and this is a suite of technology. Some of it exists like virtual reality. Some of it's theoretical and is coming soon, like augmented reality and mixed reality, blockchain crypto. Some of it is ramping up in big ways like artificial intelligence, which is the hot topic right now. And so it's this suite of technology that is is starting yet yet still to come. And Mm. so Really, the next decade is going to be about the metaverse. Now, if you're, you know, hey, you know what, Jeff, those goggles with virtual reality is stupid. It's a video game. That's great. Right. You can have that opinion. There's nice. The technology will succeed. And, and as Apple releases and other will release augmented reality glasses that don't cover your eyes from the physical world, but instead amplify it and make it better and augment on top of it, mm. um, that's when you're going to see things go crazy. Apple, Apple VPs have already said that the iPhone... You know, is is a is a dead device. Yeah. Within a decade, people are not going to be buying iPhones. Within right. a decade, people are going to be buying these Apple augmented reality, mixed reality glasses. This yeah. is the future technology that, that's in place. And, and I can go into to detail on that, but technology's <laughs> getting more advanced. And and as the church, you know, it's so important for us not to bury our head in the sand and pretend that technology doesn't exist. That's right. I mean, instead we we need to lean into the technology. You know, it's interesting. The church is afraid of uh, artificial intelligence in many ways. And listen, there is a reason to be cautious about (laughs) artificial intelligence. I mean, listen, Elon Musk wants to put a a hold for six months. I think we should listen to Elon Musk. But the question I want to ask, and I'm not being facetious when I say this in any way, I am dead set serious. How do we disciple artificial intelligence? Yeah. Like, who actually needs to be involved? What does that relation look like? How do we get AI to actively understand what it means to be a disciple of Christ, because that is the thing that we should be doing. I don't want to, I don't know that it can accept Christ. I'm not talking (laughs) conversion. I don't know if AI is going to get to heaven, but I just want to make sure that this thing understands Christianity at a level that it can represent that well when it's talking with others. Uh, And that's a crazy thought. I don't know if you want to go there, but I think, that, I think it's a great thought. I
0: think it's a great yeah. thought. Yeah. Cause I, I think about the same thing, like where are they pulling their information from and everybody gets their information off the internet. And most of the time it's not accurate. Uh, there's holes, you know, like the chat GP, whatever. GPT. Yeah. GPT. Yeah. yeah so no, that's good. That's good. So, so let's go back to the, the digital discipleship. So what is that, what does that look like online?
1: Yeah. I listen, it, it really depends upon what your definition of discipleship is. Now I line up ten pastors. I ask them what discipleship means. I'm probably going to get twelve answers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I line up a church staff and I ask what discipleship is, and, and they're all going to tell me something different. So, like, first off, you probably, as a church, need to better organize and understand what discipleship is within your organization and right. have a more centralized view. Whether it's discipleship from a knowledge or discipleship from a multiplication, more more of a disciple making approach, whatever it is, um, I, I would challenge you. There's an opportunity to do this digitally. Uh, now, the challenge for most of you that that are that are listening to this, you're, you're probably saying something like, well, Jeff, you can't utilize technology for real relationships. The only way you can do that is through physical space. Um, I don't know that I read the Bible verse that says that you have to breathe the same air molecules in order for a, <laughs> a discipleship relationship to happen. As, right. As a matter of fact, it's, you know, it's interesting The 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 doubters of digital discipleship and digital church will will, will quote the, you know, I think it's Hebrews, don't, don't forsake the gathering. Right, right. Which is actually the same verse that digital church people will quote saying that they are not forsaking the gathering by doing it in digital space. Yeah. And so it's it's understanding that through a relationship that's developed through through Zoom, through Facebook groups, through WhatsApp, through Discord, through virtual, like whatever the technology is you can have a disciple-making relationship through that technology. Yeah, I'm even thinking like text groups. Mm -hmm. It's just funny. There's literally a text thread that is blowing up right now on my phone that's labeled discipleship groups. It's one of the groups that I'm connected with. And and one of the guy's fathers is is having a double uh, bypass surgery Mm -hmm. in in a couple of days. And so they've been texting prayer through this group all day long. And, And so this is a discipleship relationship. I haven't seen these guys in in six to nine months in physical space, yet they're still connected digitally doing that. And so we're recognizing that discipleship happens in community. Mm -hmm. Well, if discipleship can't exist in digital community, in digital space, would be huge. Mm -hmm. Plus the opportunity to now reach people that aren't within physical relation to the building, that aren't near you, to re-engage people that have been disconnected from you, to engage with people via social media that you've met by by blessing them and being an evangelist. Like there's this huge mission field yeah. to connect with people in, in a different space. Now, some people are gonna buy into this. I get it. Some people are gonna be like, nah, not for me. And for the person that's not for you, I get it, that's cool. <laughs> but don't d- don't degrade what's happening in that space because it's not for you. Because yeah. you'd rather connect in physical space because yeah. there's, There's generations worth of people. We can talk about Gen Z. We can talk about Gen A. That's right. And yes, some of them, they do want to connect, but there's a lot of them that want that digital or that are more comfortable engaging in that digital context. Yeah, that's really
0: awesome. So obviously you have like discipleship, which then leads to the question, well, what does evangelism look like online? Like you, yeah. you talked about that being in groups and, put, and putting the goggles on, having a conversation like, like, what could that look like?
1: Yeah. So evangelism, it's interesting. Some people will combine evangelism, discipleship, uh, evangelism, pre-discipleship. You know, I just, I separate it for, for clarity. Right. Um. But the, uh, the opportunity to dialogue with someone a- about Jesus is, is so rich at this point digitally and, and in virtual reality we'll we'll talk about both real quick but digitally it is so important to posture yourself in, with humility it is so important to come in and ask questions and and better understand the person that you're talking to a soapbox pastor doesn't work in digital space <laughs> uh, they will tune you out they will ignore you they'll click the x they'll they'll go on to the next thing a half a a bible verse graphic in, in the grand scheme of things doesn't work Either a sermon, <laughs> to be honest, the forty-minute sermon, Pastor, and I say I hate to say this, uh, it struggles in, right. in digital space. Now, w- what's interesting when people have spiritual questions, we asked this question, Barna Digital Evangelism Report. I want to say it was December, uh, November, or December, twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. But Barna asked the question, "Hey, when people have spiritual questions, where do they go?" And what right. Barna found out was that eighty percent of the people, when they have spiritual questions, they'll do one of two things: one, uh, they'll go to their friends they believe will have the answer to those spiritual questions. So the people that are exuding the fruits of the Spirit will get the questions from these spiritual explorers. Mm-hmm. Or number two, uh, they're going to go to Google, they're going to YouTube, and, and they're going to search to find the answers. Mm. And so whether we train people to represent Jesus in those hard hard conversations, or we send people out, mobilize them and release them on, on a mission field, uh, or, or we we develop a digital strategy to utilize you know things like seo and uh and, and keywords you know some of the stuff that that we're working on right now yeah. uh gary is is that we're we're literally we're uh, october 15th and over 15th 2023 we're mobilizing churches to go on vert on a virtual reality mission trip now it's interesting like you, you're going you're going to go to a physical mission trip in i don't know bolivia bolivia just comes into my head so we're going on a mission trip to bolivia right you're you're going to pay for a plane ticket to go to bolivia you're going to pay for a hotel to go to bolivia you're going to take a week off of vacation and uh you know go on this on this mission trip right and so that's great you're going to spend a lot of money to to go uh, overseas to go to bolivia on on this mission trip what we're challenging churches to do to sign on and and then bring people with them uh to buy a virtual reality headset $350, yep. and start exploring the metaverse, start meeting people, having conversations with people, going through blessed with them, building relationships that you are beginning with prayer, that you're listening, that you're going on shared experiences with them where you're able to serve them and, and share Jesus. I mean, we're literally challenging churches, Leadership Network. We're doing several learning communities on this. We're challenging people to go on a digital or a metaverse mission trip, to evangelize, to, to show Christ healthily in in some of these digital environments. And so that's just the tip of the iceberg, really what our evangelism look like.
0: Man, I I love that. And, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I mean, you gave the listeners so much to think about and, you know, I'm going to put all your information, obviously in the notes and, and, you know, your books and documents and stuff like that. But what would be some like last parting words for the audience? Like how could they just get connected to you, any of the, you know, metaverse groups, anything like that, just to bring the community even stronger together.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important when you're doing digital. Uh, I think it's crucial that you ask questions. You don't make statements. You use more question marks than periods. And for the love of all that's good in the world, never use an exclamation mark. I I think you show humility um, more than you show pride. You're you're not going to step up and and you're not going to tell somebody the 19 things that are wrong with their life and why they need Jesus. Instead, you're going to ask them, where they are, and, and discover through your own journey, and follow the Holy Spirit as He guides you in the conversation. There's so much more that can be done with digital than just amplifying your sermon. And, and, and really, pastor, you know, it's it's funny. I, I quoted this to my pastor, and uh, I, uh, uh, but I, I heard, it, I'm stealing it from Erwin McManus. You know, if you love what you're doing in physical space, you love the church service. You 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 gauge your success off of how many people are sitting in those seats, in those pews. Now, listen, I mean, I, I can have this conversation where I don't think that's a good idea, but hey, that's how you do it in your church. That's how you roll. That's great, okay? Don't do it digitally because anytime you do something digitally and physically that match, they will be in competition with other. So if there's one thing you're taking away from this is don't stream your service online. But that doesn't mean you abandon digital. It means you do something else. And talking about now what I'm talking about, about mission trips, about mobilizing people to connect in digital community, about discipling people in digital space and then releasing them to go on mission, physical or digital. Like this is a healthy multiplication approach to how your church can utilize digital that is not in competition with what's going on in the weekend. And there's huge opportunities for churches to step into this space and be the light of Christ in in a dark world. And the churches that are doing this are being very successful today.
0: That's awesome. Jeff, thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for being on the show with us. And I'm just praying that God is just going to use this and bring even more people closer to the digital church network and what God is doing in you and through you. So we just thank God for you and God's going to use you in a great way. So thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Jeff Reed from the Digital Church Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.